This week, I want to talk about a tune that's essentially an 80s pop hit, but it also happens to be a prog masterpiece. This is the great Danny Elfman leading Oingo Boingo in the classic hit, Dead Man's Party. The tune starts out with a main horn riff, which is in four, with a little bit of delay, simple enough, but then the guitar comes in with a counterpoint riff that's almost completely divorced from the horns, but it blends in so well. And the kick drum just kicks down on each quarter note to establish our pulse. And finally, the bass line kicks in with its own counterpoint rhythm that is different to the other two parts. Next, we get to Danny's vocal part, which is yet another melody on its own, but it becomes a call and answer to the horns while the bass and guitar keep going. After that introductory verse, the drums come in with a full beat, and this is where the time starts getting more interesting. You can count this in a variety of ways, but if you go with a very slow quarter note, it's essentially 7-4 time. We're basically missing one beat, but at a faster quarter note, it's more like two measures of 4-4 followed by a measure of 2-4 followed by another 4-4. So the missing beat is sort of in the middle of the phrase, in other words. But it's important to note that the tune isn't technically an odd time. Odd time, in the strictest sense, only happens when you have an odd number of eighth notes, not quarter notes. This is an important distinction, too, because playing in 7-4, while not typical does allow for people to basically still be able to keep dancing without completely being confused. As long as those quarter notes are steady throughout the tune, you can sway back and forth and never notice a difference. And that's the genius of Danny Elfman and his tune in particular. It's totally danceable, totally approachable in melody and rhythm, while underneath it's pretty complicated. The second verse returns to a straight 4-4. It also changes up the guitar part a bit, with the keyboard bass now playing a more full version of the intro part. The horns drop out, and the guitar takes over the call and answer role with the lead vocal. I imagine this made it easier for Elfman to sing and play the tune live, but it also creates a great contrast, giving the horns a rest until the next chorus. Note the measure of two at the end of the part leading into the chorus. He keeps dropping those downbeats throughout the song, but again, because of the quarter note consistency, it doesn't give you that typical odd time feel. It's just a sense of anxiousness jumping into the next part part. When the next chorus returns, we get back to the horns on call and answer. Again, the measures of two get thrown in near the end of the phrases. It totally goes over your head until you actually have to count it out while you're playing. And then we're back to the same pattern, verse and chorus. Pop tune, right? Brilliant. The verse goes on twice as long as time. And I want to point out, too, Danny Elfman's masterful singing here. The song is 
lighthearted. It's fun, but it's a real bastard to sing this song. I know because I used to play and sing it in a cover band I was in back in the 90s. His range is really high. The intervals jump around quite a bit, and there's this theatricality to it all that's really hard to reproduce. The guy just oozes personality, and he's an excellent performer, something we all tend to forget when we think of him strictly as a movie composer. Just as we doubled up on the verse length, the second post-chorus part gets doubled up as well. And then we get to a cool keyboard solo. So 80s, so perfect. The horns come in for a support on the second half, and they end up doing a call and answer with the horns leading the keyboards this time. Then back to the main beat with the dropped measure to lead us into a final chorus with some cool dropped rhythm parts there for variety as well. Again, so much of this tune is filled with typical pop song elements, but musically it's remarkably complex. I love the way at the end of the tune, the main horn riff ends up being played over the post-chorus guitar and verse bass riff. And no matter which part he layers on top of one another, it all just seems to work. If you only know Danny Elfman because of his Tim Burton scores, you owe it to yourself to check out his work in Oingo Boingo. He was a genius long before he started writing for orchestra. So many Oingo Boingo tunes walk this fine line between poppy dance music and brilliant prog rock. And they say prog was basically dead in the late 80s, but it really wasn't. If only more dance music had this sort of beautiful complexity, I might listen to that genre more often. Thanks for tuning in to The Weekly Listen. Subscribe to this show via Apple's iTunes or wherever it is you like to get your podcasts. iTunes ratings are always helpful too, and I'd appreciate it if you'd share the show with your friends. Apple Music and Spotify links to today's track can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash theweeklylisten and become a patron. Your support will go a long way to helping me keep the show going. Speaking of support, I want to give a shout out to my executive producers on this episode, Alec and Kevin. Thank you. You help make this show possible. If you want to learn more about how you can become an executive producer on this show, go to patreon.com slash the weekly listen. If you have any comments, suggestions, or you just want to chat with your fellow listeners about the music, you can reach out on micro.blog at the weekly listen. I encourage everyone to join the conversation. Thanks. And we'll be back next week with more music. Music.